for those of you that that do move so much closer to the constraint where you get the the lack of change that's oftentimes where you're going to start to see the knee pain but but again it's going to be like the internal internal twist above the knee the the external twist below the knee and then the patella unfortunately is the the one that gets blamed for all this stuff because it's easy to see it moving Right. Welcome to Reconsider. I'm Bill Hartman. This is the podcast to challenge you to ask better questions, to look beyond traditional models of thinking and arrive at better health and fitness solutions. It's always funny when I tell people that we're going to talk about something and then we don't. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about knee pain today. I guess we can. We we will talk about knee pain. We at did. Some point. We 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 did talk about it. You know. Bill got so excited about knee pain that he my my he pooped, he pooped earbuds, his ear pot out. My earbuds popped out. No, we did. We talked about knee pain. Uh, what pain is and isn't. We talked about relative motion orientation. We talked about the path of. I don't know what's like the best way to talk. I I had written down the four dimensions of injury compensation, like pathways or journeys or like what. The, the road from start to end game, like what is that called? Like what would you term that in the model? So say like I go from- You mean a I go compensatory from, activity? Yeah, compensatory path. Like when you talk about the the volume and pressure ping-ponging back and forth uh -huh. in the system. Yeah, those are compensatory you, strategies. What is that? Like that space-time representation, what can we call that? Like Compensatory journey? sequence? Yeah, sequence. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> yeah, we talked about. <laughs> no, but I mean, I was. That's what I was asking. I, I had a hard time coming up with. Like, well, okay. Called. So this, so this is this is the element that makes things a little bit more predictable, right? Because there because, is a typical sequence of events. Correct. And again, this is con this is a constraints constraints driven series of behaviors. Like there's a certain there's a certain behavior that leads to the next to the next to the next to the next. Right. And again, we, we, we're always taking into consideration that this is a this is a gravity influenced behavior. Right. That that's one of the things that we want to make sure of. Uh, well, aren't, aren't all behaviors that exist on Earth gravity? Influenced? Well, yes, but <laughs> just in case not to be a not to be a smart ass just in case. Well, OK, so when when you think about we talk about breathing and we, we want to talk about how lungs fill. Yeah, right. We're, t we're typically talking about upright, upright behaviors in a in gravity, right? Because they will feel a little bit differently. They will feel differently in certain yeah, positions because we take advantage of that. That's how we select some of our exercises based on the certain position. It's like, oh, I can alter the way that that the thorax will change shape when I take a breath in. If I lay on my side versus laying on my back versus standing on my head. Right. Those are mm -hmm. all different. Yeah, you're and, you're a big bag of fluid. You are, you are. Some compressible and some not, and then we have to take that into consideration. But that's what leads to these these. That's what leads to this sequence of events that that is compensatory, right? Okay. And thankfully, like I said, it allows us a measure of predictability based on our measurements, so we can say, oh, here's where you are in point B. I know where you came from because I understand your foundational structure at point A, and now I can strip these compensatory strategies away in the reverse order in which they were applied. And then that provides me an element of solution to get me back to where you started, which is where that lovely point of relative motion that we've been talking about. Yeah, in the other two episodes before this one. 
Oh, is that okay? I mean, so I, 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 wanna, I will make I reference just... to the previous two episodes. <laughs> We're wearing the same clothes. Like the, the curtain is the curtain is See, up on this. I I I wear the same thing almost every day. That's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, let's. So we. I want to hit the disclaimer again, like. Our advice and things that we're talking about is not a replacement for physical therapy. Absolutely. Seeing someone in person. So do not not. take what we're talking about, use it on yourself and then be like, my knee hurts more. Like, okay, well it was, this was probably never for this conversation was never for you and you needed to have gone and seen someone a long time ago. Or if another caveat, if you've been seeing someone for a very long period of time and it hasn't gotten better, go see someone else. Like you can, you know, if you're a very nice person and you like your physical second opinions are valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Have another second set of eyes on it. Find out from like, you know, other people, you know, who they've gone to, if it's helped, if it hasn't helped, do some research, go shop around. Like you don't have to, you don't have to hold yourself to any particular person, especially if it's not being helpful. If it's been a few weeks, you've seen them six times and your knee still hurts. Try somebody else. Okay. I, I don't want to get too far into that, but. See if this resonates with you. You want to get back to the gym and get in shape. Maybe get back to playing golf or your favorite sport or get out and go for a run. Maybe you just want to move and feel better. But every time you restart, that old ache or strain rears its ugly head and interrupts your comeback. When I wrote All Gain No Pain for my patients who had completed their physical therapy, we knew what they were ready for. You're in a different space with a different starting point than before. You don't feel like a physical therapy patient, so you're going to need to approach this differently. With some guidance, you'll first need to reconstruct your movement foundation that takes your physical structure into consideration. You're going to have ongoing questions as you think differently, so you're going to need a like-minded, supportive community to support your progression. If you're ready to begin your reconstruction, we have a new group starting soon. Uh, Let's talk about, we're talking about compensatory sequence. Now mm-hmm. that you've kind of put that in my head is what I should call it. Cause I, yeah. for some reason, wasn't calling it that. Let's talk about the compensatory sequence for knee pain specifically. Uh-huh. Okay. What tends to come about first? What tends to come about next? What tends to come about at the end mm-hmm. of the compensation sequence? Sure. Okay. So th- there are, there are certain positions if we had, full access to normal movement, which we would refer to as relative motions. So we have full relative motions available to us. And there are certain behaviors that that would normally occur. And we're just going to use just a a normal step forward. There's a certain position that the knee will land in where um, I will have a a tibia that's turned outward more than than the femur. So the femur is your thigh bone, tibia is your shin bone. And so they would actually be turned in a relative position of, of in opposite directions. So again, tibia and external rotation, femur and internal rotation. And there's a progressive turn inward um, of the the tibia and then a progressive turn outward of of the femur that will align them at the, at the point of maximum force into the ground. So we get this nice little straight line representation that goes into the ground. Okay. That's what we want because then we have this nice, even distribution of, of load through the knee. So, so we, we're not reliant on any sort of compensation. We get this, again, this distributed load through the knee. That's protective. That's a, that's your healthy knee. Right. And, um, but anything that interferes with that process can now limit any element of that, of that from occurring. So let's just say that, that 
I have an influence from my hip. So we've, we've talked about situations where the body wants to turn away from midline. So that's our external rotation. So if I have more external rotation in the entire system, then I may not get that turn inward at the knee that I need to achieve the desired position to push straight down to the ground. Now I'm in a situation where I have external rotation in the tibia, internal rotation in the femur, and I'm pushing down to the ground. And, and that's the typical scenario that you're going to see um, as it's magnified over time, where you're going to get some sort of uh, medial knee stress that you may start to recognize as pain. Are you going to show folk? So that's internal rotation there. So that's the internal rotation of the tibia on the femur and the external rotation of the femur on the tibia, right? Now, it's not it's not that position. So it actually they would actually line up and push straight down into the ground. So that's the one thing that we want to recognize that when we're applying force, we want this nice straight down representation of the knee. Show where it's going to come from though. So turn the tibia outward, turn the tibia away from midline. So that's going to come from that outward turn. And as you start to put more weight through the extremity, that's where they're going to kind of line up and then they push straight down into the ground. That's a cool place to be when you're pushing down. Okay. Yeah, we don't want that. Okay. So, and then um, that's the normal presentation. And what we had talked about previously was sort of the sequence of events when I'm moving forwards through space, trying mm -hmm. to put force down into the ground. Mm -hmm. If things are getting pushed more and more away from the midline, mm -hmm. more and more externally oriented uh, at the legs, and maybe starting to anteriorly orient at the pelvis and the hips, right. then I'm going to start creating more of a twist at the knee. Correct in order to attain that downforce. So what does that, what does that twisting over time look like? And how does that present itself with like, I mean, do you want to do it in terms of like the three pains of the shoulder, the three pains of the knee? Like what did, what do you think is a good model for that? Um, uh, well, a lot of times it's, it, you can actually see the, the differences in orientation. So, um, the, the, the patella, your kneecap is actually a nice little tell. Um, if you were to stand in gym shorts in front of the mirror and point your toes straight ahead, you can actually oftentimes see this because the direction of your patella is not going in the same direction as, as the midline of your foot. You'll see it turning away from midline. So in many circumstances, you can actually see this, this, this turn or twist through the knee. There's no guarantee that it's going to be painful under this circumstance. If you have enough changeability in the knee, then the, you know, there's a lot of people that have this this twist to some degree. It's just not significant enough, and it's not it's not lacking the the variability in its ability to change. So you don't get the knee pain. But for those of you that that do move so much closer to the constraint where you get the the lack of change, that's oftentimes where you're going to start to see the knee pain. But but again, it's going to be like the internal internal twist above the knee, the, the external twist below the knee. And then the patella, unfortunately, is the the one that gets blamed for all this stuff because it's easy to see it moving, right? And so they say, oh, your patella is tracking off when the reality is it's like um, it's the train on the track is what you're seeing, right? The track is moving in the wrong direction too far, and then the train follows. So if I rotate... 
away. You need to you point it right that. at the camera, boss. Yeah. So you'll see the patella move a little bit. There you go. There it is. Yeah. That's nice. So now the, the patella. And then you, you have someone that's going to refer to your patella tracking issue as if it's the problem of the patella bone and the ligaments. Right. Instead of the track. So talk about the bones and the, the railroad tracks that the tissues are on top of changing. Right. Right. So that's something, too, that a lot of people don't – they need to reconsider is that bones bend and they become stuck in their newly bent position. And we, well, can, un, we can unbend them, which is something well, it's, it's just based on it's just based on load. So there's, there's, there's a normal elasticity to your, to your skeleton. And if you continue to put pressure – in one place for a long enough period of time, it just stays in that in that compressed representation. So it's just like a it's just like a spring. So if I if I keep load on a spring, it stays compressed. When I take the load off, it can actually elongate. So your skeleton is much like that. And so, so but this is where you're going to see this magnification occur. So there's normal twists in in all of your bones. It's, it's a normal representation. What what we don't want is this to become prolonged or excessive where we see a magnification of the differential between those two bones, because then that's what's going to limit how much relative motion you would have in your joints. So I get, I start to get a, I start to get a twist at the knee Yep. over time and his yep. attempt to continue to put force down into the ground. And that twist typically looks like a tibia that's close to the knee that's externally rotating. Turning out. And then a, Yep, turning away from midline. And then yeah. relatively speaking, the femur, which is right close to the knee above the knee, is going mm -hmm. to be turning the opposite way. Correct. And that creates typically that creates it typically. Yeah. Typically, it's just a magnification of a norm. Okay. It's a magnification of a norm where you're going to start to reach a constraint. And then typically that's going to end up with with a, a, a pain on the inside of the knee. Right. So let's maybe we we go to that first and mm -hmm. we'll talk about what happens as time as. So what you had mentioned, which is which is important to talk about again, would be if you have that twist, that doesn't mean you're going to have medial knee pain. You might not. And you might skip ahead to what we're going to talk about with lateral knee pain because Correct. of just what happens over time. Correct. But for now, the, the given circumstances that we're talking about and this twist at the knee is going to raise your probability of having medial knee pain. And now you can talk about like why that might be. Probability is probably a, a really good word because it is it's it's an odds thing. Right. It's a percentage. We're playing percentages. Yeah. So let's let's take this to the to the next step. So we we know structurally where we came from. We, we talked about the embryology and I believe that was in a previous episode. Um, where we are oriented away from midline, like our structure, we are we we you look kind of like a, a gingerbread man cookie for a while, where everything's turned outward, and then eventually you turn inward so you can stand up and crawl and swim and all that kind of stuff. Okay, um, so we're always going to end up going in that in that direction. So if if I have an increasing amount of external rotation orientation. So this is where everything turns outward. So some of you folks will, will recognize that you're walking on the outside edges of your feet or your toes point out, or you, you, you lay down and your legs fall out to the sides and your toes are pointing out towards right and left field. Um, you'll, you'll start to recognize those things. So that's movement away from midline. The further you go in that direction, so as I, as I go from where I had a, a tibia that was turned outward and a femur that was turned inward, now I have that whole system starting to turn outward. 
And then that changes the, the direction of pressure through the knee. And so instead of having pain on the inside of the knee, I would actually feel more pain moving towards the outside of the knee because of the way that the, the structures are going to be expanded in that direction. And so this is the difference between those folks that have pain on the inside and pain on the outside. It usually has to do with a, with a degree of orientation. And it's, it's all variable as to how much until they would recognize it. Um, but, and again, we're, we're again playing percentages here um, in our discussion, but it's just for the point of understanding. It's like, you know, I'm going to have one scenario where I'm more likely to have it on the inside. I have one other scenario where I'm more likely to have it on the outside. Right. So, and I mean, you would be better to show this than I would, but I will. So show the normal, too. show the, show the normal. So turn the tibia out away from midline. Okay. So may exaggerate it for effect there, boss, so everybody can see it. It's kind of hard gonna, to say. I'm going to break this poor guy. There we go. Okay, turn it out. There you go. Okay, so that's the that's the differential. So with the femur's in and then the, the tibia's out. Now, just don't change the differential. Just turn the whole thing away from the middle. Like that. Yep. And so, and th so this has to do with, as this turns away, there's an, actually an increase in the amount of pressure from above. So this is the thing that we can't see. So this is this is beyond the scope of just the knee joint itself um, because we have an increasing compensatory strategy that would be above the knee and below it, actually, that's going to create the, the uh, shift in the expanded representation inside the knee that's going to push it to the outside edge. Okay. You see that? You see that wicked patella tracking issue? Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Just, just the fact that you have you have a totally passive structure and you can actually create that. It's like somebody should have a light bulb moment as they're watching that, going, "Oh, that makes sense." Right? Yeah, it's like it, yeah. you're being everything is being sort of dragged along for the sure. ride on this compensatory sequence. Exactly, exactly. So, and yeah. I, you 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 kind of skipped ahead of what I wanted. I think so. Just just come back a little want. bit. Yes. Tell the people. What you well, want. I want to tell the people what I think that. I think they want. Uh, so we, we kind of jumped. So medial knee, we've had a normal knee representation. We uh -huh. have this twist that starts to happen in the knee that uh -huh. leads to medial knee pain. It can uh -huh. lead to medial knee pain. Uh -huh. The probability uh -huh. is higher of medial knee pain. Yeah. Why is there medial knee pain? That was what I wanted you to answer. Why? Yeah. Um, why does that so there's, this bony so there's position a, create? Yeah. There's a yeah. couple. There, there's a couple reasons. There's a couple reasons. Number number one, you have to look at the distribution of load through the extremity. So there's, there's going to be a bias. So I have to push down into the ground, right? I have to push down the ground. And that tends to be more towards the, the inside aspect of the knee. Now, you have another consequence that's associated with the rotation because I, I have to account for the synovial fluid in the knee joint itself. Okay. And it's the way that, that that fluid is distributed is you'll get an, an anterior medial expansion and a posterior lateral expansion of, of synovial fluid. So depending on the position of the knee at a point of impact, if you will, or, or prolonged positioning, um, this will result in, in certain, again, certain types of knee pain. Most often it will be in like that anterior medial direction. Okay. There's other things that can occur, right? So we have to account for patellar position. Um, and then if I bent the knee aggressively, I could actually create a posterior knee pain um, that is also not uncommon, but not as common as like the anterior medial kind of stuff. And it's and it's more about so 
the positions of the joint and as you put force down into the ground, where does stuff go? That's kind of going to be what leads you to like these focal pressures and yeah. expansions and herniations yeah. and tears. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can create, I can take that same scenario and I can create enough pressure um, via, you know, lateral structures that I can compress a patella into the femur and, and create some anterior knee pain that is quite uncomfortable. It'll yeah. Also so that was going to. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I, I, I don't want to speak in, in these absolute terms as much because what yeah, we're just we, talking about yeah. is 10, we're, we're talking about tendencies for under, so, so people can understand yes. certain things, right? Yeah. And we're talking about a, a common, a most often or common compensatory sequence that right. we would see over time, over gravity, uh, over the influence of time and gravity on mm -hmm. the knee joint. Yeah. And what the probabilities of these common pain presentations will be higher, but not necessarily a foregone conclusion. Right. Right. So, so I think we, we, so we talked about the medial aspect. You had mm -hmm. touched on this a little bit, but I wanted, I know there's not like a middle uh, position, but there is a lot of the common pains that I think of when it comes to knees are medial, lateral, and patellar pain. And well, but, I'm sure there are other ones that you see commonly as well. But patellar pain, right, is not midline. Right. But if I look at the knee, <laughs> I, I understand. I understand. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not explaining this for the sake of like you and I. I'm explaining yeah. this for someone that doesn't have a full right. understanding of the model to look at a knee and see, okay, there's the inside. I'm, I'm taking a knee through space. I'm twisting it at the, at the, at the joint. I'm yeah. losing relative motions and I'm taking the whole thing and I'm rotating yeah. it together. There's an inside perspective of that. Yes. There's an outside perspective of that. And then there's the middle perspective of that. Right. Which, in my right. mind, all I'm trying to do is categorize it into medial knee pain, lateral <laughs> knee pain, and then what happens in the middle of the knee which would be That's your patella. Not the middle. It's not the middle. It's not okay. going to be the. It's not so, going to be the middle of the knee. It's going to have a bias. It's going to be biased towards the outside, but to the outside. But I understand. I understand what you're saying. It, so, so here's here's what. So one of the things you have to recognize that as as the whole leg is turning outward, you're actually increasing the amount of muscle activity in in a position where there shouldn't be any increase in muscle activity. Right. So when I push straight down into the ground, maximum force. And if I was doing it optimally, there would be a lot of muscle activity. That muscle activity in a knee that's turned away from midline is a knee that cannot bend. It does not bend well. And yet people will try to bend knees in that circumstance. And that's where you're going to start to see a lot of the, like the, the, where the patella gets blamed for a lot of things because there's a lot of localization. So there's, a, there's circumstances where if there's enough pressure on the patella itself, you actually squeeze the blood out of the you get you get an, an ischemic uh, knee pain where where the patella will like your knee will actually feel cold or it will just kind of ache um people that get movie sign which is like if i if i took you to the movies and i made you sit in the middle of the row and you had to sit with your knee bent for two hours and they start to get that that the ache in the front of their knee, a lot of times it's, it's because of the, the pressure that's, that's on the patella because there's so much muscle activity um, that's, that's compressing the patella into the structures behind it, right? So you're sort of choking, choking off the blood flow, if you will, 
right? It's like sitting in a, in a hard chair too long and your butt starts to hurt. It's just, it's the same premise, just in a different location, right? So a lot of patellar stuff is, are these, these compressive strategies associated with the increase in muscle activity. Okay. And I think, so I think a really good way in, in like an exercise sense, if someone is doing, say someone is doing a reverse lunge or a split squat and they're mm -hmm. getting a lot of pressure and patella pain or mm -hmm. tension or focal mm -hmm. sensation, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. a lot of that can be because of where they are, like we had mentioned earlier, in terms of their center of gravity and base mm -hmm. support. So if everything is, in, if they're pushing through their toes, their heels almost coming off the ground and they're on the outside of their foot as they're mm -hmm. doing this with their front leg, mm -hmm. everything has been taken to that twist position that we've talked about. Yeah. A lot of muscle compression is happening on the front side because of all pushing through my toe and that's gonna pressurize the patella into the leg, basically. Yes is what we're saying. Yes. Um, and that's, and that's part of the reason. So it's uh, for the same fundamental issues and underlying presentations and issues that we were talking about earlier of managing base of support and center of gravity. That's the reason why someone is getting, might be getting that patella tendon pain. The patella tendon, patella itself. Um, yeah. the, the, the sensitivity underneath it, on the, on the on the femoral aspect on the, on the bony aspect underneath it right or even where um, the patella attaches to the tibia yep yep you get, you get your Os, osgood slaughters type of thing take any take any structure that would be under tension so so you get people that will complain about the 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 distal aspect of the it band at the knee um they'll get they'll get muscle soreness they'll get they'll get quad tendon um irritation like take your pick, like any of those structures that comes under tension um, in, like I said, in the acute or the prolonged representation, they'll, they'll, they'll have some measure of discomfort in that yeah. scenario. Mm -hmm. And then given, given enough time and enough tension, you start to see, like we had talked about earlier with bends of the bone, you start to see buildup of bone as well. You start to see the change in the actual tissues in this, in the area. Well, you, you'll, you you'll, yeah, you'll see some, you'll see some shape changes that, that, are probably less than desirable, right? And yeah. Again, so you get the, the greater the degree, the greater degree of, of external rotation. The the what happens is so where we had a scenario where you could say that oh it starts with a medial knee pain and then it starts to move laterally. I can reclaim that medial knee pain because the further I twist that knee away from midline. So this would be those folks that I, I call them either like uh, Harley Davidson riders or cowboys. Right. So you see those people with with a lot of shape change in the in the extremity. Now you're going to start to see Yeah, you're going to see a lot of focal load on that medial aspect of the knee because the internal rotation is dropping down literally inside of the knee joint itself from from above through the pelvis. Um, and so the amount of compressive strategy that you have on the on the medial aspect of that leg is rather significant. And unfortunately, the knee is, knee suffers because the tibia will absorb a great portion of that for a while, right? And then eventually you're going to get one of those tibias that looks really bent um, or, you know, unfortunately you're going to have an arthritic condition that's going to really limit the, the behavior of the knee. Yeah. And yeah, and that it's not, we're, we're talking about what are typical presentations, but there's lots of different ways that the body can strategize. So you might see a tibia that's really bowed when mm -hmm. if the femur is not, you might see a twist that happens at the ankle where there's like mm -hmm. a really big internal twist at the, at the ankle so much that mm -hmm. like 
the inside of their heels and the the inside like of their um the inside malleolus of their ankle is like facing the ground yeah it's so much of a twist because they're pushing down so hard yeah that you at that particular place correct Correct. Yeah. And that's how we that's how we identify where the downforce is actually occurring. And then that provides us elements of strategy to to try to alleviate these situations. Yeah. And that's yeah. what drives me crazy about people talking about when they don't want to agree that bones bend. And it's like, well, what do you call that? <laughs> like I'm looking at it. Right. It's a bend. I mean, you can you can bone. see you can see you can see the differences. I mean, yeah, but it's not. So, and it's, it's not a, it's not something that like you're stuck with. You can unbend bone, but that always leads us back to the conversation of, okay, well, if it took you 20 years to bend your ankle, Mm -hmm. it's going to take us a while to take the bend out of it. Potentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that, but that, you know, those are where, you know, orthoses come into play can sure. be helpful because because w- what the orthotic is is just a way to limit or reverse the adaptation right we're, we're, we're going to put a constraint we're going to constrain the system so it can no longer do what it was doing before yeah and that's and it, those are necessary in those instances where the active constraints that you have can't do the job anymore they've just you've you've moved yeah exactly you've moved so far beyond the realm of being able to help yourself that you need right. the assistance. Right. Yeah. And that can be like that uh, often you can use like tape or orthotics or some type of compression uh, tool or device or clothing that can just provide you enough of a mm-hmm. reference point and a shift and a twist right. uh, to be able to reorient things. Okay. Right. So we talked about medial knee pain uh, a little bit more. We talked about patella pain, how it's not the middle. So, <laughs> It's not the middle of it, but it's, we talked about why patella pain comes about because of the twists that are underlying. And now we didn't really specifically talk about it. Let's talk about how the end game presentation of compensatory sequence at the knee is going to be more lateral knee pain. Reconsider is sponsored by Substance Nutrition. Go to substancenutrition.com, get your neuro coffee, better coffee, better brain, and synthesis, better protein, better body. Enter the coupon code RECON, R-E-C-O-N, and get free shipping on all of your orders.